So my guess is that those two dates, December 17th and December 18th, will play a very primary role in a future excellent nonfiction film. And that may sound like hyperbole to you, but I guess we'll, we'll find out, right? The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of the Tesla Q podcast. Coming to you live on, not live, it's a podcast. <laughs> Who are we kidding? Uh, recording on February 14th, 2019. Uh, actually more like February 13th, Wednesday night, but it's past midnight so it's officially Valentine's Day. We're coming to you from the unofficially named and not actually sponsored Hot Pocket Studio. I'd like to remind everyone that if you want to keep the podcast going strong, please put some money in the pot at the cash app. That's cash.me slash Podcast, or go to the cash app on your mobile device and search for Podcast. TSLAQ Podcast. Sorry, that only takes debit cards, not credit cards. I did recently get a new highest contribution beating out the prior high from LA Tri-Life. So that was some good motivation. This is only a solo episode, so sorry, no interview on this one. I do plan to get to interviews again in the not-too-distant future. I have the capability to record interviews without any outside help, so that's good. I do appreciate the outside help that I got in some prior interviews. And speaking of that, don't forget to go to the Shorty Store. There's now a link there if you'd like to contribute to a fund to be able to gift merchandise in the future to people who may not want to pay for it or may not be able to pay for it. So that's out there now. You can get to it at evacuationboy.com. couple items reviewing from the items from episode 16 from Sunday. One item that popped up Sunday night after recording is that apparently Elon Musk has mortgaged five separate residential properties. This was done on December 18th, which is a notable day. What that money was used for is an open question, but there's speculation that it could have been used as part of the SpaceX raise that was haphazardly put together on December 18th, which was the day following the December 17th revelation that SpaceX resources had been used for the boring company and that SpaceX was retroactively granted something like 6 or 7% of the boring company's equity. But it's not clear at this time what that money was used for. What does seem clear is that the loans totaled about $61 million and were against five different properties. I think it was four Bel Air properties and one Bay Area property, if I'm not mistaken. EV Defender is maintaining a, a good timeline of all the goings on of the Elon Musk companies and has pointed out the high, high level of activity on December 17th and 18th, which coincided with the Wall Street Journal article from Rob, Rob Copeland that discussed the use of SpaceX resources for the boring company activities. One interesting note, which I don't know if it was on the timeline previously, but it's probably going to be added soon, is that Vice President Mike Pence actually visited a SpaceX facility on December 18th. This is per a tweet that's out there. I believe he was in photos with Gwen Shotwell. Elon Musk was not present at this visit. 
I think he was pretty busy that day mortgaging his five properties and trying to put together a raise for SpaceX, which got 273 out of a sought $500 million and wasn't enough to prevent the layoffs that occurred on January 11th, 2019. So my guess is that those two dates, December 17th and December 18th, will play a very primary role in a future excellent nonfiction film. And that may sound like hyperbole to you, but I guess we'll we'll find out, right? Going back to episode number 16, which was recorded on Sunday, I believe I closed with pointing out that it did not seem like the market had incorporated the news yet about the Reuters article that the reservation list had been picked clean, along with the report about the NHTSA report from Quality System, I forget the name of the organization off the top of my head. But as of Wednesday, those items still hadn't had any big impact on the share price of Tesla, which is somewhat understandable. A few of the items that were mentioned on the episode from Sunday, episode 16, have gotten a little bit more coverage in the news, in the mainstream news. The Buffalo Gigafactory news, which I talked about in that episode, has been discussed on Clean Technica. And the report on the NHTSA data has been discussed on The Drive by Ed Niedermeyer, along with on Bloomberg by Ryan Bean. I assume that's how you pronounce his last name. And interestingly, the Clean Technica article was actually very honest in saying that the the news coming out of Buffalo was not a good look. It was it didn't try to, to sugarcoat things. It pointed out that indeed it appears that Tesla is not meeting their into the bargain as far as the number of jobs being provided in Buffalo. And they really need to get their act together if they don't want to have some of those items, those government goodies clawed back in the future. And as I said, no major share price movement the past few days. One item that did seem to have a little bit of movement on the share price is that Canaccord, which is a bank out of Canada, if I'm not mistaken, put out an updated price target on Tesla on Monday morning, early in the morning. And that new target was $450 when Tesla's been trading at around the low 300s in recent days. In conjunction with this upgrade, there seemed to be some pre-market buying to try to help boost the price up a little bit. And that seemed to be slightly effective early in the day, but that effect has subsequently faded from my observation. Not trading advice, just observation. And also on Monday, February 11th, it was revealed that T. Rowe Price has apparently cut their Tesla holdings in a, in half approximately. Also on Monday night, there was news that broke that the Defense Department's Inspector General is looking into SpaceX as far as how they got added to the certified launch list in the first place. There is speculation out there that this could be related to some sort of a, a whistleblower, but who knows? Maybe nothing will come of this. Maybe it's related to the, the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know. We'll find out more about that in the future, if anything comes of it, or maybe nothing will come of it. Just thought I'd throw it out there. On Tuesday, which was yesterday, there was a Clean Technica article that indicated that there's a rumor out there that, I I should say article in quotation marks, uh, but, but the rumor is that GM might be looking to use a Tesla powertrain for a truck, and that article slash rumor sat there all day during market trading hours. But at about 5.05 p.m., there was a Reuters report that came out that General Motors and Amazon, you may have heard of both those companies, Uh, maybe. They have decent track records, other than GM going bankrupt, of course. 
But the report was that they may be looking to invest in Rivian in the near future. And there's speculation that this leak to Reuters was General Motors' direct response to the Clean Technica quote article. I guess we'll find out more about that in the future as well, as it's said that the investment might become known in the very near future. My guess is maybe under a month before we know for sure what General Motors' electric truck plans are. My guess at this time is that they won't include Tesla, but we'll find out. Also on Tuesday, Aaron Greenspan, who I think runs Plainsight and was a classmate at Harvard of Mark Zuckerberg, sent a letter to the judge who is in charge of enforcing the 420 funding secured SEC settlement with Elon Musk. And the letter was about three or or four pages long, and it included about 70 pages worth of attachments. And, uh, and subsequent to Aaron posting it on his website, he's checked, checked some of the, the logs to see where some of the readers of the letter have come from. And he has noted that someone within the Securities and Exchange Commission, someone within Moody's, who famously had the downgrade of Tesla's bond rating last March, which caused a pretty big drop in their share price, which later was recovered from, and also someone from within Morgan Stanley have read the letter that Aaron wrote to this judge. So that's just a little interesting data point. Earlier today, Wednesday, February 13th, there were some new Shorty Air Force photos posted by Machine Planet. That's Paul and then some numbers is his Twitter handle. And it showed that apparently Tesla is storing some inventory at their Palo Alto headquarters. I went and looked at some old old imagery on Google Earth. You can click on a little button if you use Google Earth and then go back in time and see old satellite photos. And in looking through those, apparently in April, May, and August of 2018, it looks like Tesla was already storing some inventory vehicles at their headquarters in Palo Alto. However, the photos from yesterday, Tuesday, February 12th, showed a quite a bit higher density of storage in those lots than the earlier photos. In light of this this revelation or confirmation, keep in mind that down in Hawthorne in Southern California, there's an indoor garage facility just down the street from, I believe, from both the Boring Company's tunnel entrance or exit and from the SpaceX headquarters that's storing about 700 Teslas possibly more if they crowded them in there. And this was revealed by LA TriLife, and apparently Tesla Charts went out to Southern California and visited with LA TriLife and can corroborate that this facility exists. So it's not clear if those are inventory vehicles owned by Tesla or maybe they sold them to someone, maybe a related party that might have a facility nearby in Hawthorne or maybe a a tunnel entrance. I don't know. It's not clear who owns the vehicles, but what is clear is that normal everyday customers aren't using them as their daily drivers. And it's possible that that facility of vehicles accounts for a portion of the registration gap in VIN numbers that Tesla Charts has identified. Another item from... Wednesday, February 13th, 2019, which I'm not going to cover in depth in this podcast, is that apparently Massachusetts had some kind of electric vehicle rebate, and 
For January 2019, they received four applications for this rebate. This number of four in January 2019 compares to having 663 in December of 2018, 561 in November, 281 in October, 106 in June, 163 in July, 203 in August, 534 in September. So they went from those numbers to four in January of 2019. So... There is at least a little bit of information that you can infer from that in regards to Model 3 demand. So don't ignore don't ignore it. I mean, incorporate it into however you need to incorporate it, but don't ignore it. Another item from today that's new to me, I hadn't thought of it before. Bubbleception, who I mentioned in the prior, at least a prior episode, tweeted some information about some campaign contributions from both Elon Musk and from Antonio Gracias, who is a board member of both SpaceX and Tesla. And these contributions were to the Rahm Emanuel election campaigns, campaign or campaigns. I don't know if it was one or more than one, but seeing that those were done and knowing that Antonio Gracias lives in Chicago, it seems very clear to me from my angle of view that Antonio Gracias probably has been involved in helping to perpetuate the idea that the boring company is actually going to be building a tunnel from downtown Chicago to the O'Hare airport. Unless you've been living under a rock or just not paying that close of attention, you've probably heard about this project. It's probably, I would, I would say it's likely the flagship project for the boring company and what much of their fundraising efforts have hung their hat on. And my guess is that Antonio Gracias has been heavily involved as he seems to be Elon Musk's right-hand man. So just something to keep in mind. I have no idea how much he's been involved, but I'm guessing it's greater than zero. And another item from Wednesday that I'm not going to talk about too much is that the SEC San Francisco office, that's the Securities and Exchange Commission, their Twitter account has put out five different tweets that relate to bankruptcy. I think four of them directly used the word bankruptcy, and the other one said something or was was in regards to the letter Q being added to a ticker symbol, which obviously is what Tesla Q stands for. So while it might seem to some people that they are subtweeting Elon or making reference to Tesla, keep in mind that Pacific Gas and Electric recently filed for bankruptcy, that their ticker symbol's PCG, and they're a California utility, so it's entirely possible that those five tweets are all in relation to Pacific Gas and Electric and not related to Tesla, so don't get your hopes up too high. And to keep this from being too long of an episode, I think we'll start to wrap it up now. So feel free to try to top the biggest contribution to the podcast so far, which was just topped yesterday, or make a tiny contribution. If you make, if, if you just give a dollar or two, I won't take any offense at all i'll be grateful uh go to cash.me slash tesla q podcast or the cash app and search for tesla q podcast and i understand also if you'd rather save that dollar or two to buy a bankruptcy put although that's not trading advice but i understand if if you would rather use your money for that but uh with that we'll call this the end of episode 17 recorded here on the 13th slash 14th of february 2019 and bye bye